This podcast has been brought to you by the generous donators over at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Because of them, this podcast was possible, and if you'd like to join up, a couple bucks a month will give you access to the Duckfeed community over on Slack, which is a great place to hang out with similar-minded internet buds. It also lets the network grow and bring you podcasts like this one. Enjoy! I'm looking through your mind's eye. Jeremy Greer. I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the the podcast about the animated X-Men series from the 1990s. How are you today, Gary? Doing pretty well. Uh, you know, not too not too bad. Uh, not too good actually. Have, have any... Doing bad. <laughs> yeah. You're doing bad? No, I, oh, I, no. I just I wasn't feeling super great. I the uh, but I'm all right. Um, no, Do you no. think your mutant powers are finally starting to I mean, like you're a little bit late bloomer there, but like the, uh... are they finally starting to show up? Well, I am going through puberty now. Um, oh, really? It was, it was a big issue in my divorce. <laughs> was, how, how exciting! I just didn't for have you. enough pubes. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a deal breaker. You know, I think in I'm the Catholic go find Church, me a man you can, can actually you can actually get a divorce based on the fact that your husband doesn't have enough pubes. It's like, true. It's, yeah, yeah, it's actually just an annulment. You don't even have to get a divorce. It's not considered <laughs> yeah. conse- like consecrating the marriage if you don't uh, if you don't got hair down there. Yeah. In Mississippi, you can beat your wife down, not cause. No pubes, cause. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, We are already way off topic. This is going to be a good episode. This is on topic. I think you'll be surprised by how much it ties into the lore. Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm doing okay. I'm I'm living. Um, Yeah. I'm excited to talk about these episodes because these are are real good. These are something. This is this something, is something special. Yeah, this is something special. <laughs> I really thought that the Bishop stuff happened in the uh, the second season for some reason. I forgot that they crammed like all of this stuff into the end of this the season. Um, and I think I was confusing it because for people who don't know, Bishop eventually uh, is going to be living in like a time dimension with a rhyming imp thing uh, in this this cartoon. Um, spoiler alert! It is it is a spoiler. <laughs> there is like a little, really like an Orco figure. Um, we're gonna have to deal with but uh this is this is I, I thought that was all introduced as one piece but that's actually a sequel to this um so before we get into that though because this uh the end of this season does wrap up everything oh i i apologize jeremy how are you oh i'm i'm doing well okay i'm doing very well i don't um i have no mutant powers good, and i have plenty of pubes so we can pubes, just we can just get right into it 90 percent coverage all right 90 percent. yeah <laughs> the uh so uh the uh, the last episode of the season does tie into kind of what we what's come before, yeah. So uh, we should what's uh, what's previously on X Men. Previously on X Men. So previously, um, we have met our X Men team. We've kind of explored the X Men villains, which up to this point is pretty much just um, any legit government. Like yeah. I mean, X Men are terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> um, Magneto and the Sentinels, which are created by the government at this point, um, and we're about to get hot and heavy into some Sentinel action, which is my favorite sort of action to get hot and heavy with. Um, at the, at this point, most of our team is still intact. Um, the only member that's missing is Beast. He's still in prison. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Cyclops, Jean Grey, Storm, Gambit, 
Rogue, uh, Jubilee, and somebody else that I feel like. Oh, of course, Wolverine. Yes. And then <clears throat> and Professor Xavier being the the leader of the team. He gets a real, those. real great some great scenes in the last episode. He gets he gets he gets out there. I mean, he yeah. kind of gets. Um, he, oh, you, man, you just called him terrorist. And I did. what what like, Xavier's <laughs> primary verb in that episode? <laughs> Um, <laughs> is uh, is related. We'll we'll get to that. It's it's pretty pretty outstanding though. Um, uh, man. How many how many nine elevens has of people or have sent, of sentinels? <laughs> how many nine elevens worth of sentinels <laughs> um, has Xavier blown up? Um, um, be, before we get that get to that though, we have to do episode eleven first. This is a uh, XM uh, one eleven Days of Future Past eh? Part One. Uh, original air date, March 13th, 1993. And uh, in this episode, a mutant named Bishop travels through time from 2055 AD to the present in order to stop a member of the X-Men from assassinating an important figure. Uh, but when he comes to the present, he can't remember who the assassin is, and he turns to the X-Men for help. Yeah, right. and this is um, this is based on the very, very popular comic series that uh, Chris Climate... Whoa, who's that? <laughs> Chris Climate? Chris Climate? <laughs> Yeah, Are you a Chris Climate, climate denier? Yep. Clear about changes. Yes. It actually is a um, thing. Like, he you know, went from being a good comics writer to doing, like, extreme X-Men. So Claremont change yeah, is an important issue. That is that is important issue. Yeah. Um, but, yes, Chris Claremont wrote it. And um, this one picks up pretty quickly. Like, we're just thrown into the future just like the comics do. Um, I, like, if, if you read along with uh, Uncanny X-Men, literally you would finish an arc and then the next one you picked up and it was like 40 years into the future with no explanation in between. It was pretty pretty good. I actually love the opening of, of this episode. Like, you can take the beginning of this seriously. Like, it's pretty cool. Um, it starts with the scene with the uh, rusted kind of a weeping Statue of Liberty, which is right from the comics. And uh, we're introduced to these new these new characters. Wolverine's still around, and I love uh, Wolverine being old and being like the one continuing X Men because he's. Uh, they immortal. do a lot of really careful line work on his face to show that he's old, which yes. I really appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> like someone went to some trouble to go like, no, we need to make him look older. Yeah, he's he is. Uh, he does look like it looks like he's wearing age makeup. Like he didn't age naturally, but it's really exaggerated. <laughs> There's a moment in one of these episodes that just very briefly you see Cyclops walking by as he's herded in somewhere, and he's got the uh, gray temple. He's grayed oh. out on his temples. Yeah, he, he's uh, uh, Reed Richards. Exactly. Um, the uh, so and he's walking around with these these two uh, guys we don't know yet, but presumably our new future X Men. Um, and these, these guys, I remember when I was young and watching this cartoon, really liking these guys for some reason. And then now I, I don't get it. Uh, cause, cause <laughs> yeah. one of them, uh, gets Colossus's arms and then runs forward. Um, and the other one just shoots beams. Uh, and the other one is a, is a lady who is a redhead, which, you know, I mean, I, I don't know why they would just skip over using like the actual character from this, from this yeah. series in the, in, in the comic. Like yeah. there's a perfect Phoenix character right here, ready to go. Like, even if they just like... I mean, like, if it's just a cameo. Like, even if we don't get into it, like, it's... I don't know why they d- skipped over that or gave her just weird shooty powers. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why they ever just make up just random mutants uh, for the show. When they could just... Because <laughs> yeah. it, would, it would... People who watch the show and, like, they love that shit. Like, why they they wouldn't just throw in cameos because it's, it's awesome when they do. Um, we don't we don't need just random mutants, you know? And and they would just say, you know, guy with pterodactyl face and shirt, you know, that keeps showing up. Um so, so they're uh, they're fighting some some sentinels and they take them down pretty easily. However, uh, Bishop shows up and man, cartoon Bishop! Like, were, were you uh, reading Oof. comics during real Bishop? Like yes. <laughs> during Bishop yes. Prime? Yeah, Bishop he was, Prime. Yeah, Bishop. <laughs> he was never Bishop Prime for Bishop Crimes. He was he was never this bad, but cartoon Bishop is amazing. 
like he's so awful gary he's so (laughs) awful he's the worst like so the the the, uh uh harmonica scratch three rebels that accompanies him whenever he shows (laughs) like whenever he shows up the fact that his thighs are thicker than anything like they they are like like several bishops with wide (laughs) Like he has, he has the thickest thighs. <laughs> it's several, several non elevens wide. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's packing so many pubes down there. It's like he's got a bushel. He's, he's standing on a haystack of fucking. He's not going to get divorced for lack of pubes again. He's carrying those pubes around with him. No, you can. Yeah, uh, he's, he's he'll go to the grave with those pubes. And his accent, like it seems to waver from some like racist, like "Hey, baby," kind of weird yeah. black exploitation thing into like just a normal voice, and it it just it's really disorienting. Anytime he talks, you never know what you're gonna get. No, and he, he's never said anything that isn't a declarative statement. Like he's just everything <laughs> is just like that's what we're doing, old man. You know, <laughs> just, just, like, shouting uh, in every conversation he has. Um, so we, we still I like that M on the face though. That that's that's a good design that they get, they kept from the comics. Yeah, well, because they used to brand mutants, even though none of the mutants here have brands. So that, yeah, that just supposed just to be, bishop. Yeah, just just bishop. <laughs> so it's it's just part of his uniform as opposed to being his uh his tattoo around his wrist. You know, um. So so he shows up and he captures them. Uh, he takes them down because Wolverine is less competent than he used to be now, and that's going to kind of be a theme. Here. Uh, would you would you say that he is old man Logan? I would say he is one of the old <laughs> men Logans. Um, so so Bishop takes them in, and he is like a bounty hunter. And so far, like this is really cool. I think like because it's we don't know these characters. Like it's it's a really effective opening um, before these episodes get fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's. I think the moment it starts getting a little ridiculous is when uh, Bishop is talking to Wolverine underneath the late laser grid thing, mm-hmm. and like that whole conversation is like, just no, just don't, don't you don't have to. You were doing so well. Yeah, was, <laughs> but we basically just, just like chastising Wolverine for ba- getting old. I guess like, oh man, you're you're <laughs> a useless mutant. You shouldn't be doing this like rebel stuff. You should just join the Sentinels. And I'm like, are you listening to yourself? Yeah. I love it when Bishop <laughs> presents his debit card, and the Sentinel scans it at the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah at the, the which causes a little holograph of Bishop and his super thighs. And then our, the Sentinels do this thing where they make eye contact and lasers go back and forth between their eyes. And then they decide that Bishop is, is now he's bad. Like what, what is your plan? What is, what is this? That makes no sense. Like what's is, the, what is, what is shooting back and forth between their eyes? Is that like data? Like it, they, they say <laughs> Bishop. Okay. One zero yeah, oh, zero. Bishop, Gotta yeah, get rid of it. One. It's like how the uh, light gun works for the NES. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I make decisions about who to kill too. So okay, yeah. that that does make sense in 2055. It's just like they all of a sudden don't need bounty hunters anymore or something. It's just there's no explanation behind just Bishop getting arrested for no reason. And they very obviously do because there's still mutants out there. Like we we learn very quickly. Um, like these these guys yeah. escape. Yeah, like, four forges still out there. These guys escape. Like yeah. there is kind of a resistance at the very least. Um, you know, so they pass by the X Men graveyard, here, which is you know <laughs> all the X Men all the kids. Uh, all your heroes are dead. I think I mentioned this. Um, I think I put this in the notes later, and I meant to put it up here. But uh, Cyclops, ironically, lives the longest out of any of the mutants. Did you notice that? Cyclops lives until <laughs> he's about 70 or 80 years old. Yeah, that, that contrasts with his no man left behind. Stuff yeah, and, yeah. And... Every man left behind. Yes. Good job, Psych. Good yeah. job. Last man standing. Scott Severs. <laughs> Um, so they, you know, they all die and then, uh, they, they stage this escape, but then Wolverine has a great line where he's just like, the, or something like the party's over. Someone invited the Nimrod, which is like something I want to have play on a speaker whenever I show up to a party. 
like because nimrod is such a stupid name for for what nimrod nimrod is a character in the marvel universe uh who's like a super sentinel uh but it, it is and it's from the bible but it also is taken to mean like just shithead like you'd be like oh, yeah. this nimrod you know like you don't like it just means dork and, and it also, does it stand for something too? Do I am I remembering that, or is it is that just some dumb comic book shit that I'm, I'm misremembering? I, I don't know. I can't remember. It, it, it's possible, but like it just it just sounds. It's like naming your guy like dork or like idiot or something like that. It, it's really silly. <laughs> and you were supposed to be scared of him. He's like the ultimate sentinel. Um, and yeah, because he's supposed to like be able to adapt to any kind of power. He can he can do all this crazy stuff. I have to say, just as an aside, like during this in the comic books when I was doing my uncanny reread, like. Mm-hmm fucking lost me like anything anytime nimrod showed up like i was just so fucking bored he's just it's just bad yeah he's that well and and it gets worse too because he nimrod goes through the uh the siege perilous and comes back as bastion so it's like he's responsible for two different terrible x-men storylines it's like the operation zero tolerance and just nimrod Oh like, man, and and Siege Perilous. Does that ever show up in the in the cartoon? I don't think that it does. Oh but man, God. I I would pray that it does because I would love to have them explain like the fucking Siege Perilous. Like what? I I don't even know that I could explain it besides like you know drama cube that you go through. <laughs> it is it is a drama cube that you walk through and you come out in like uh like a different life. So like the Siege Perilous is instrumental to um like a storyline that I, I really like, which is the, uh, the extinction agenda, which is the uh, Genosha shit in the comics when it first showed up, um, like late eighties, early nineties. I really like that story for one reason or another. And Havoc goes through the seas perilous and comes out as, uh, working at Genosha. And that's how Havoc disappeared and came back after Australia X-Men. Um, Australia X-Men were all in a problem. I think they were fighting, um, one of Forge's mystic Indian demons, and uh yeah they, of course to, yeah, to he has more than one of those <laughs> yeah i think he does um <laughs> to escape they went through the siege perilous and then they all got scared to the winds and then uh they slowly picked up the pieces um, but nimrod chased them i think if i recall mm, um i could gotcha. be misremembering that i know that the uh it could be they were just fighting, fighting nimrod there but for some reason i feel like forge was involved anyway uh the siege perilous is just like it is a portal that makes switches you into a different life for some reason it's very weird um and one of it turns nimrod into like a person sentinel um later on oh boy does that sound like something i want to know more about (laughs) man operation zero tolerance is so dumb um it is a really really shitty storyline and and not to mention the fact that it is a storyline that x-men continuously do over and over and over like oh yeah there's something like i keep thinking about this because it keeps coming up in different media but there's so little mileage in just like doing a new story based on a new shade of black you know like if something is dark and it's already pretty dark. And then the new story is, what if it was just a little bit darker? You know, like, that's not a that's not a very good story. So, like, doing this, like, you know, the government hates mutants. Great. But then being like, no, no, no. The government really hates mutants. Like, later <laughs> yeah. is not a good story. Like, it's we've already done it. You're just doing it a little bit more. What, and, if, the, what if the government, like, hated them so much that they tortured them <laughs> yeah. like it just like what what that doesn't add anything to this equation except you just made something worse like it's not that better <laughs> no it's yeah it's, it's really frustrating to me um so that's that's kind of what operation zero tolerance was which is not is not this um so they escape and uh you know they, with bishop's help and they uh you know wolverine has to finish the mission i guess which is to get to forges and forge has made a uh, a time portal 
thing. Yeah, and that's and this is the last time that we see, as far as I know, Colossus arms and definitely not Phoenix. Like yeah. they just they just disappear. <laughs> I guess they get captured by the Sentinels at some point. We don't know because they say like Wolverine go and Wolverine jets. Like he's like yeah. fuck it, gone. Yeah, they're done. Um, and yeah, him and Bishop show up at at Forges and he Forges made this time portal and. This decision is made that even though, like, literally four, four or five minutes ago, Bishop has captured them and was going to turn them over to the Sentinels, Bishop should go back in time and accomplish this mission for him and not Wolverine. <laughs> they trust him very quickly. Very um, fast. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he's just like, there's not, there's so little discussion about it because the cartoon has to move really quick. So it's just like, send me instead. instead. Uh, Wolverine, there's a really, like, line read where, like, he, Bishop grabs Wolverine's shoulder and he's like, I'm too old. Like, Wolverine <laughs> yeah. just says, like, the thing. It's very <laughs> weird. Um, but they decide to send Bishop back because Nimrod's showing up, and they have to send him back really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they send they send Bishop back. Um, he goes through, like, a time, you know, spiral. Thing. God, the animation here is so very bad, too. <laughs> like, he, like, it does a weird hopping thing and just, like, freezes in midair like he was, like, at a, like like a 70s a sitcom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, his soccer team won against the <laughs> Yeah, like, what, the it's, it's the uh, the John Hughes movie, The yep. Breakfast Club. It's that scene. Like, he just freezes yep. that and like that. Ugh, so terrible. Yeah. And and he, uh, we get this little scene, which is, this is, this is very important in my personal mythology of the animated series, because me and my friends who watch this reference this all the time. Where he, so he's lost his memory for some reason. Time travel does that. And uh, he's kind of, uh, you know, walking around. He's like, oh, it didn't work. And then he sees that it did work. And there's this part where these kids are running by. And the kids have a game called Assassin. And Assassin is the Punisher <laughs> NES game. Yes. Uh, and, and just like so much of this episode is watching Bishop remember or try to remember things. Where he's like, assassins, assassins. You know, and he's just saying it in that like dramatic... <laughs> In dramatic black guy voice <laughs> with with ridiculous amounts of confidence oh man yeah. it's so bad like it is it's really weird too seeing like the punisher cameo show up with just the word assassin on top yeah. of it like yeah. it's just a weird moment like what it's not really what the punisher is guys mm-hmm. um so so he gets he's like okay i have to stop an assassin uh so he knows that part of the connection here and then he knows um about x-men like he looks on his little like time watch and sees that the X-Men are also important. Uh, yeah, but it, there's a scene here where, like, he... Well, first, we, we flash over to uh, Rogue and Gambit visiting Beast, which oh, is yeah. kind of just a throwaway thing. But um, Gambit... It's just another opportunity for Beast to be the fucking insufferable douchebag <laughs> that he is in this series. I think they're just reminding um, us that Beast exists because he comes back in the second season. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, and But the the weird thing here is, like, you, you see this montage of the X-Men that we usually see in these episodes of, like, the Danger Room thing of, like, Cyclops shooting I-beams and Jean Grey, you know, dying or something. And, like, I'm like, why are they showing us this? Like, this is a weird time. To, and then they zoom out and you realize Bishop is watching this on his, like, watch. Yeah, he's got a pebble. Like, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got, got the Apple pebble. watch. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, where is this footage? Like, what, yeah. is, like what, somebody's uploaded the X-Men sizzle reel. Like... <laughs> He's on YouTube, you yeah. think? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, so so he decides to target the X-Men. Um, we get a really like shitty bit of obvious foreshadowing, too, in that uh, Gambit and Rogue Beast section where like they, they say, like, Gambit's like, I hate Iron Balls. And then they're just like, oh, maybe he has a history with prison. Maybe he's not a good guy. We all fucking get it. Like, we've seen the shapeshifter already. Like, yeah. th- th- there's no mystery to this. <laughs> I don't know what anyone. you're trying to hide. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so so they, they're just trying to, like, muddy the issue. It doesn't work. Bishop hijacks a bus 
uh, by scaring everyone off it. Um, the scene before that, before he actually gets on the bus where he's like, other people are getting in and he just walks like, like he's in line to get on the bus and just walks on is very funny to me. Um, well, it's just... because he like unsheath, like he, number one, he's got a gun sheath on his back, yeah. which is always like the pro way to carry a gun. Like yeah. I grew up with guns. <laughs> we all had gun sheaths. Um, <laughs> But then he unsheathes it and holds it in his like left hand and walks up to the bus. <laughs> like like it's a fucking quarter out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Deposited in the, in the gun thing. Oh, uh, my God. So then he takes the bus and like crashes it into the mansion. Like this is bonkers. Like this is a really weird episode of this show. Like it, you would assume that he didn't capture mutants in 2055 by crashing a bus into them every single time. Like you would think that he would have like some tactical planning involved, like or at least like look at the mansion for ten seconds before he crashes into it. Like it's just a weird and I don't, yeah. I don't know why he assumes he can just take the X Men too. Like you know, they're just uh, like the X Men are supposed to be. I mean, this is before they're like legends in the future to him, I think. But in the comics, that was a big thing. Like that's why he went to go join the X Men because they were. You know, he had a lot of respect for them, so maybe. I'm well, he referred to him as he referred to him as legendary X Men in the co- in the in the cartoon though. Yeah. When they passed the graveyard, he was like, "Oh, it was the legendary X Men oh, yeah. or something." So like, he knows, like, he obviously knows that these these this crew is is gonna throw down on him, like, and he just assumes that he can win, and of course he doesn't. No, not at all. Like he he just he, he shows up. Uh, Jubilee, who's like on security duty for, like Jubilee, the 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 science officer and security officer in this episode, for some reason, uh, notices it, it's happening, and uh, you know he he arrives, um, starts blasting his gun and yelling just for the future, saving lives. For the future, I must stop you all. Oh man, that Yours for the future and millions that, in my future, you know. That for the future line is just awful. It like is, it's just so bad. It is really, really dumb. So the X Men wipe the floor with him, of course, and uh, and and they're going to kill him, you know, because Wolverine is fiercely loyal, even though he'd previously been established to not really like Gambit, but now now he is, uh, you know, he's one of the X Men. Um, so well, he, it's like your sibling thing, right? Like, yeah. if, I don't know if you have siblings, but like, I can talk shit about my sisters, but you cannot talk shit about my sisters. <laughs> I, I, do, I don't have siblings, uh, but yeah. I also have no interest in talking shit about your sisters. I'm sure. <laughs> well, you haven't. I'm sure you haven't met my sisters, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the uh, so so Xavier looks at his mind and sees the future again, and is like, "Oh shit, everything is actually going to death." There's this little montage. Of things, there's a weird part where the mutants are being marched into a concentration camp, and a, a guy with a gun is watching them and chewing, and he's chewing in the same rhythm that they're stepping. Um, it's really, really weird. I think that's where we see Cyclops with the with the gray and yeah. temples, and uh, and also th- they've never really talked about this before. He's got Cerebro hooked up to a like a video out cable, yeah. like he's got S video <laughs> out on this thing. <laughs> so when he's when he's when he's looking at the when he's reading Bishop's mind. Like all of the crew are still watching it on TV. Like it's ridiculous. It's such, ridiculous. Such an invasion of privacy. Like the fact. Like I'm. I, I've grown come to peace with the fact that Xavier can just read minds, but the fact that he can just project them onto TVs. <laughs> it's, it's so different. It's so bad. Yeah. It's like when you first discovered that Universal Remote and you could take it to like a bar and change a channel without yeah. people knowing about it. Like you're that asshole. Way to go. It's pretty pretty amazing. The uh, the private room karaoke place we we like to go to. If you make it out to PRGE this year, uh, we have a big party every year. And uh, uh, you can come to it. And the uh, I'm talking to you, Jeremy, not to anyone listening necessarily. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, um, um, upper Souls community or bus yes. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have a big party, and you can uh, pop up video and send little messages 
to the karaoke Excellent. screen. It's really fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I've never done it, but I really want to show up and just drink at the bar, uh, which you could do, and then just like peek my head and get people's codes and then just send them messages. Uh, like a series of, you know, desperate messages during their karaoke time. Um, I have not done it yet, but it is. Yeah, I'd have uh, to have, it, I'd have to have a featuring somebody to be able to, the, to really pull that one off. I think it is, it is, uh, it's fun. Um, so, uh, Wolverine just doesn't believe it despite the fact that there is just evidence. Right yeah. Now. Like what is, what does he think is happening that he's fooling, that Bishop is fooling Xavier? Like you're, he's, I mean, like. If you want to tell me that Xavier is lying to you, like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, but <laughs> like, you, saw I'll believe on, that. you saw it on the RF out, man. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you're the one that turned it to channel three to get it to work in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Is it HDMI one or HDMI two? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Xavier, stop, stop fucking with my PlayStation <laughs> yeah. three already. Yeah. Reset the settings. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shock. No. Um, so, so he doesn't believe it for no reason. Cause he's just an idiot um in this in this cartoon like wolverine is such a moron for like the last half of the season uh so xavier says like okay you know maybe maybe there is an assassin it could be anyone you you can go bishop and uh nimrod shows up to kind of also lend credence even though despite the fact that wolverine still doesn't believe it after nimrod shows up um and so they get their their climax for this episode because this is really like an incomplete two-parter it needs to have a battle at the end though so so nimrod's there Uh, we neglected to mention that he went through the time portal as well yeah, and, I mean, um, that's, yeah, anyone listening to this episode without has never seen it could probably assume that Nimrod was going back through time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they kill him by, uh, you know, Nimrod's whole thing is he can scan mutant powers and become immune to them, but he's not immune to ice uh, for some some weird reason, which like, I don't know, I have coats that are immune to ice. Uh, it's, so it's, it's 2055. Like, like uh, Gore technology. Like, <laughs> Chris Climate has already taken away the ice from everybody. <laughs> so they didn't plan for Nimrod to have, you know, have to protect himself against the cold. It's so weird. Like, this oh, is the tropical man. climes of post apocalyptic New York. Um, so they freeze him. And then uh, that's over. So they move on really quickly from that. They send Nimrod back to the future. Uh, yeah, Bishop runs over and grabs, like, his time armband. His t- time apple. <laughs> like, everyone's got a time apple watch. Yeah, and it keeps absolutely. you in the past. And if your 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 time Apple Watch gets outdated or updates or something, you get sent back to the future. Oh no, you're on Apple Time Watch OS seven point two. Sorry. <laughs> um, so so they, they, everything's fine. They go back. They're still having this conversation, and Rogue and Gambit uh, show up from visiting Beast in jail. And uh, Bishop's like, "Oh no, Gambit's the killer," and shoots him. And that's supposed to be the the cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, obviously, is not <laughs> any kind of cliffhanger whatsoever. No, I mean, it's just—it's so like it's so tell. I mean, it's, oh, it's you can just see what's happening. Like you—you've already introduced Mystique. We've already seen her pull this trick on your island. Like, what are you even trying to hide from us? There's like a because the dramatic irony is when the the viewer knows something that the characters don't, you know. And uh, but this is something where the there's another word for it where the viewer knows something, the characters also know it but don't act like they know it. <laughs> And it's like it's like way worse. And it's, you know what the, you know what that word is bad writing. Super bad writing, man. <laughs> this this is unreasonable. Um, yeah, it's so, yeah. Oof. yeah. <clears throat> but that brings us into episode twelve. Yes, uh, episode episode twelve uh, XM one twelve. These are the future past part two. Original air date March twentieth, nineteen ninety three. The X Men stop the time traveling mutant Bishop from shooting Gambit, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and travel to Washington after uncovering the Brotherhood's plans to assassinate Senator Kelly. There, the X-Men discover that Mystique has been posing as Gambit and is really uh, the suspect that Bishop is after. Now, the X-Men must defeat Mystique and the Brotherhood in order to stop the chain of events that will lead to the desolate and violent future that Bishop came from. I mean, first of all, 
if I'm on if I wake up early Saturday morning and I hit that TV guide looking for when my new X Men's going to come on and I read that description, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, you're a, like you no, know, you know everything. Eleven year old Jay has not figured this mystique angle out at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you you were sick those weeks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, during the during the mystique cycle. Yeah, so the the opening of this is kind of weird because they and they've done this in the episodes before where they like rewind for like five or ten minutes and show you uh, like right before what Rogue and Gambit were doing before they rolled up on Bishop and the X Men, which is the same thing Rogue and Gambit always does, which is awkwardly flirt with one another in a car, in a car, in, in, in the same car by the way, the car. one that Xavier gave her yeah. that we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rogue's gift car, um, and and Gambit is just being perverted Gambit, and Rogue is just like. I could, hey, I can fly. Like, yeah. there, there's a, a comedian I really like who, who has, like, a one-liner joke, which is just, like, why would a bird live in a bad neighborhood? And and it's it's such a good joke, <laughs> a, and that's what makes me think, think of Rogue. It's like, why would Rogue, like, ever deal with this? Um, so, you can fly, and he can't. Like, literally just fly. <laughs> yeah, just get out of there. Um, so they show up. Uh, Bishop accuses Gambit of being the assassin, and Gambit says, uh, yes, and I'm the queen of France. That's the best kind of lie. One can't nobody prove. <laughs> you think Bishop, you think Gambit does, knows that there's not a queen of France anymore? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like he probably did not. Oh, I feel like Gambit. Gambit's education is possibly lacking. Oh, um, Louisiana public school system. That's what it does. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he went to the school. He went to like Fagan's group of thief school, you know? Um, yeah, we're going to get to Louisiana Public School. Yeah, <laughs> That's too. where I went to as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alma yeah. mater. <laughs> you, you, either you, they put you in two tracks. It's either Teeve or a Tassin. <laughs> and you can be a Teeve or a Tassin. And that's it. Tassin. <laughs> uh, um, I went down the Teeve track myself. Gary, yeah. where's your wallet right now? <laughs> yeah, oh, well, is it over here? Skype <laughs> Oh, Sorry. Oof, I've, got in, I've got it in my thick nest of uh, security pubes. I've got, yeah. I, I grew uh, using. Uh, Science, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's like a chia pet of pubes, right? Yeah, chia pubes. <laughs> the um, so Bishop says, no, 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 can't you assassinate somebody? And all mutants are blamed for this. And he kind of lays out what happened, as if we you couldn't figure it out. Um, is that the uh, the mutant control law is passed? Sentinel start uh, hunting mutants. We get a little uh, cameo from Havoc, which I like because I like Havoc. Um, the mutants go to detention camps, and the Sentinels are then set to target humans, uh, and then it. Which uh, seems seems outlandish until we get to the next episode, um, in which it's still stupid. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's the it, the next episode is also it's awesome. Like, cool things happen in it, but boy, is the actual the villain is a real dummy. Um, oh, and then they assassinate the the White House there. Yeah. And and the the the, the appropriate music for this dark future is just a non ending, like harmonica jam that just accompanies <laughs> Bishop wherever he's at. <laughs> Bishop soundtrack. <laughs> like Tom Petty having a real bad fucking day. Yeah. Just Tom like, Petty with no heartbreakers whatsoever. It's just the pre-reel that's like on, on the bonus version of the CD where it's like him writing the songs. And just him sitting around trying to come up with something before he gets there. Oh, man. It's uh, so bad. Yeah. And, you know, what's weird is um, I rewatched some of the old episodes because, I mean, I'm I'm all in, by the yeah. way. <laughs> like, you can't tell. <laughs> but I was I think I was hunting down some music for to do some editing with or something. And, uh, like, man, they just nailed Cable's theme. Oh, Every yeah. time Cable shows up, that... Like, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. And then here, like... 
what are you th- like at least they didn't the, the best thing for it at least they didn't play like a hip-hop beat like that would be so oh, fucking horrible <laughs> yeah can you imagine like 90s era yeah <laughs> that would have been incredible this, this still feels racist somehow though i don't know why it's like that, <laughs> yeah because it's, it's like so it's racist like you don't even music. know how yeah it is is uh bishop is is inexplicably racist in this show um Oh man. Um so yeah, at this point like Bishop has convinced the entire X-Men that he's right and that Gambit is wrong. Like specifically Wolverine does a full 180 here and is like, "Nope, sorry, I don't believe Gambit. I think Gambit has been shit from the beginning." It is so weird. Like like they're yeah, It doesn't make if, any sense. Why does anybody take anything at face value in the Marvel universe? Like if you if you spend your entire life seeing that anything is possible, like when anyone tells you something, you have to prove it like six ways. You know, like there, there should never be like, oh, this person did it. And I've read a couple of comics where somebody is kind of genre savvy about it and says like, oh, it might be a shapeshifter. It might be a clone or something like that. But it is very rare that anybody points to the most. It's like Occam's razor is the clone or shapeshifter. Yeah, like that absolutely. happens way more often and nobody treats it like that. It's really weird and it's really frustrating. And it's like it just like this is a real these three episodes really encapsulate one of the things that I love as an adult about the X-Men animated series is that like this is just a gang of idiots playing pretend. You know, like th- these are just dopes and and they're just having fun. Dressing super up in costumes, powered, doing super powered dopey terrorists. Yep. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> it's it's another episode of the idiot terrorist squad. <laughs> 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 um uh so every everyone suspects Gambit. Gambit uh, uh, tries to get out of here, um, but they say like, "No, no, the team's going to go Washington. Uh, Bishop and and Wolverine, you stay in charge of Gambit." Um, which leads to another really delightful scene where like they sit around and play cards. And Wolverine, it is really hard to tell how seriously he's taking any of this because he's just kind of goofing <laughs> around too. It seems like he's just hanging out. Like I told you, like yeah. uh, he's gonna do the thing. And like I'm, I'm like, what you guys are playing? Car- like who decided? Okay, number one, <laughs> never play cars with a teeth. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, no. First rule of teeths. Yeah. But secondly, like, are you, I mean, like, are you, just, are you in the rec room again? Like, is it, that, are you wrecking the rec room again? Where are you is, getting a deck of cards? It, uh, it is, it is literally Gambit's signature weapon. Like, you, yeah. and you're just, you just handed him seven, seven of them <laughs> or five of them. Like, it is. Uh, Good job. It's so, it's so silly. <laughs> it is so silly. Um, so we kind there's of, also yeah. there's also a great moment where uh, I think Gambit gets up and walks off and starts watching the news on a, a, a like a line of, of arcade machines like it looks like Miss <laughs> Pac-Man machines playing CNN. Which now that I think about it, I kind of want in my house. Like that would be kind of fun. That would like be you awesome. walk in, yeah, just each one, yeah. But what? Yeah, it's it's, <clears> it's it was all Jubilee's thing because we we neglected to mention how she's the one who runs the scan on the uh, uh, the the arm the the future Apple Watch. Oh yeah, when they were all yeah, checking because because yeah. that's Jubilee's power now. Like Jubilee yeah, is really super scientist. <laughs> Somebody reminded the writers that Kitty Pride existed and was like a tech geek. I was like, oh no, we got one of those. Don't worry about yeah. it. We can, we can just put <laughs> we're okay. Put that in Jubilee. It, it's the mall rat. Um, <laughs> so so we uh, we cut over and we see uh, Blob, Pyro, and Avalanche. So our Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and uh, they're looking over to to Washington D.C. And there's a mysterious lady there as well who says they're planning an assassination. So cluing in the, the very slowest of the children that there's possibly something going on and Gambit isn't the bad guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Gambit uh, sets this trap because they gave him a bunch of playing cards to uh, distract Wolverine and Bishop and escape. He steals a plane and escapes and Wolverine and Bishop have a like, you let him escape. No, you let him escape moment that <laughs> it's, is just it's... comes out of like a, a buddy comedy from like 1960. 
It's like Mel Gibson and uh, what's his name, right? Oh man, oh, yeah. I can't remember that guy's Danny name. Glover. Uh, Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Riggs. Riggs. Danny Glover. Yeah. Um, oh man, there's a there's a horrible alternate universe where uh, the MCU came along like 20 years earlier, and Mel Gibson is just our Wolverine instead of that other guy. Oh my god, um, that right? that could have happened in like the wake of Mad Max and shit. Right, that, is that very could have possible. easily that could have easily happened. That would have been scary. Oh man, I would watch uh, like a a movie that was Mel Gibson, Wolverine, and Danny Glover, Bishop, like going around <laughs> solving buddy crimes and shit. Yeah, instead of Cable and Deadpool, it's Bishop and Wolverine. I that would be great with those oh two those two actors. Like that would be intolerable, but I would I would watch it. Like <laughs> just just Mel Gibson just acting like his racist normal self the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, Riggs, you can't talk about the Jews that way. It's it's weird that uh, it makes you think that like it's kind of weird that Wolverine isn't racist, right? Because like he yeah. he's, he's real old, and I, those are two things I associate pretty strongly. <laughs> yeah, he's old, but I guess he's like so old, and he's lived through the shit. Like he's come out on the other side of racism. Mm. Like you know how like somebody goes to World War Two and they're all racist, and they meet the one black guy in the World War, and they come back not yeah, racist Brooklyn. anymore. Yeah. yeah, that's that's Wolverine. Yeah, I, I could see there, there probably was a period in which he was. Like Wolverine, like doing Wolverine at the, around the Civil War, would have been a very different, different kind of thing if he existed then or like prior to that stuff. All we need to do is look up if Frank Miller, Frank Miller has ever written Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, right, lead us right to it. It's, it's that is true. Ooh, so yeah, um, yeah. We, we cut to outside of Washington where there's this protest crowd, and they have apparently just gathered against mutants all by themselves. Like, I don't know if there was a mutant act, like are the mutants about to get free cell phones or oh, free healthcare yeah. <laughs> or like what, are, why are they there? But they, they, they they're chanting. They're going to be allowed to in our bathrooms. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, well, we, yeah. Humans. Yes. Mutants. No, which is the dumbest chant I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. yeah the, we, we missed uh, something real quick. I want to uh, comment on. So the reason why we're here is because Xavier is doing a presentation. Uh, oh, the Senator. Yeah, that's that's and, what it is. And they were trying to figure out who uh, who does the assassination, and Xavier says like, or who is assassinated as well. And Xavier says it could be here. But during this time, they're like, you know, the assassin could be any of us. And Scott just looks at the camera and goes, "It couldn't be Gene." Um, <laughs> nothing like apropos of nothing, just like like Gene, Gene, good. <laughs> Gene's too pure for this world. It, it's, oh, it's so stupid. Poor, um, poor Cyclops. Yeah. Um, and then, then she says, like, I have a dark past, too, as if the Phoenix stuff wasn't going to happen in the future. Like, it was an Easter egg for people who like the comics as if it happened in the past. But no, we're going to do all that stuff. Oh, so, her dark past is just getting um, molested by Xavier. So, right? like, I guess that's, that's true. <laughs> it, yeah, it is, it is the, when that creepy guy hit on me, uh, who was also my dad teacher. Um, <laughs> that, that, that I, and I live in his mind also teacher and I live in his brain and he put moves on me that was my dark past <laughs> yeah beat that Scott yeah. tell me tell me about your yeah, dead black, dad some more yeah, tell me about your black bug room now Scott <laughs> um, so, so they uh, uh, Xavier is being grilled by Senator Kelly and Senator Kelly's throwing him some real softballs like are, is it true that you associate with evil mutants no, no. And that's really it uh, but then Pyro and Avalanche uh, break in and Xavier calls the X-Men. He's like, X-Men, to me, uh, Jubilee and like Storm are just hanging out under a tree. And Julie's having a nap. Uh, and the, the, the Washington, or Xavier says, come to Washington. But later, we establish that like Storm and they are in Washington. Because like the, the fight runs past Jubilee and that wakes her up. 
It's yeah. really silly. Yeah, it's not Storm and Jubilee. It's Rogue and Jubilee. But it's super, super silly. Um, the the, the X Men show up. Gambit shows up. Uh, Jubilee wakes up because the fight kind of moves past her, and we get this kind of like disjointed fight scene here. Yeah, and it's this is horribly awkward. On every, like I know every, every every single episode has to have a fight scene. Like this yeah. is a comic book cartoon. It's in the early nineties. I get that, but like rogue like goes to punch the blob and her arm just disappears inside of him like that is, it's he's not made of he's just he's he's fat and he's immovable like he's and he's strong he's not like made of goo yeah he's not like goo boy like yeah. i don't even know he's well, not we're gonna he's, not the, he's not the goodits from uh bloodborne yeah he's he, we're gonna meet his name is tarpit and he's one of mr sinister's nasty boys and we're gonna meet him in like three episodes like there is a guy for whom this is true uh, oh, it is so weird. Yeah. <clears throat> Mr. Sinister's nasty boys. That is so good. <laughs> I'm it's it, like, like such a drag show name. Like it's just like Mr. Sinister's nasty boys. Like oh, I love it so much. It's oh, so, and it's like a sixth graders idea of what's like so super horrifying. Rocky horror. <laughs> yeah. It's um, um, but yeah, so Wolverine and Bishop show up and then like we cut to this thing where, um, this blue-haired lady has ushered Senator Kelly from the hearing room into this back room, where of course they find the same blue lady tied up, yep. and the, the blue lady that's not tied up transforms into Gambit. And oh yeah, like we, we we know I don't like they they play this off like it's a big reveal, and I'm like I mean like come on you should I'm pretty sure you showed me Mystique in the previously on segment like I know what's yeah. about to happen Mystique if if this had been the first reveal of Mystique it would have been much more effective. Oh yeah, and absolutely. like arguably would have been. Like would have been used to better purpose. Like tying Mystique up with Apocalypse doesn't really feel that necessary. No, you know that could have been that could have been anybody who did that. They would just wouldn't have had to have been in disguise. Like what if Apocalypse worked with you know Doctor Adler? You know, like it would <laughs> it would have been okay. We didn't need Mystique there. Um, it's just kind of a weird weird choice. Um, so Gambit shows up and uh, and they start fighting and Bishop shows up and they, we have a, a classic which one do I shoot? Yep, uh, cartoon situation. He's the clone. No, he's the clone. Like yes. that kind of thing. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. And uh, Bishop decides to go just blast them both. He bla- ends up blasting one. He's going to kill them both. But Rogue breaks his Apple Watch and sends them back to the future. Yep. There. And uh, and then more more lore. Mystique is like, actually, you know, you shot Gambit. Like, I'm fine. But look, I'm your mom, Rogue. Yeah. Uh, P.S. I'm your mom. And yep. now I talk with a horrible show their accent. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and this is all canon. It is just they're jamming, yep. like, a lot of different storylines are converging into one place here. Yeah, and I guess they're doing this for, like, to have Rogue help Mystique escape out of this. Yes. Like, I guess, like, so that, you know, they don't arrest Mystique or, you know, have Wolverine kill her or whatever. Um, and and we get this whole, like, conclusion of this where, like, Mystique talks to Rogue about, like, well, you know, you left the house, so I had to go partner up with apocalypse to save you and i'm like nope nope no, that's, yeah, no. that's very weird that's a big classic stretch. classic parental overreach yeah. like <laughs> just, just dial yeah. that down a lot call her on herself first yeah it, it, so uh apocalypse is the person who instigated this plan you know so it's like we got that and in the comics the brotherhood of evil mutants are just terrorists you know and it, it makes sense but this, they tie this into apocalypse for for one reason or another at least just to let us know he's still in play um bishop shows up back in the future and it's largely uh, unchanged uh, here. You know, he's like, it didn't fix things. Uh, Forge has Wolverine's skeleton floating in a tube, which I remember being really cool and dark 
when yeah, that actually young. looks really cool and yeah. kind of like anytime you invoke like that like early weapon x stuff before they really overly over explained it like i'm, yeah. I'm into that like yeah. I, I, I like seeing that stuff well, this is the first time i mean wolverine's talked about his skeleton before but like i hadn't really thought about it yeah. um so so this is you know real cool and the reason and then so we the viewers are like why did the we stop the kidnapping what what happened and we go back it turns out senator kelly has been kidnapped and one of the uh the cool thing another thing i really re- remember from when i was young being really cool is this uh professor xavier is like no my watch has stopped you know and, and, and cyclops who's the slowest kid in the class like what does that mean and he goes it's not gene yeah it's, it's, it's not gene and uh, he's, he, uh, he says uh, it's been magnetized. So we're tying this into Magneto. Magneto's back since the, the beginning of the season, um, which is which is great. And it's going to end the, the season finale, which I actually think is really good, even though Master Mold's a moron. There's uh, a, um, just a brief aside, uh, watching Daredevil season two with my wife. Um, she read somewhere that like... Is that the season were, that uh, features Assassin? Yes, yeah? with, okay. with, 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 with notable Marvel character Assassin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And Fem Ninja. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there's a my, my wife read something somewhere where like if you it's way better if you just picture Daredevil anytime he's playing Matt Murdock Matt Murdock just yelling out I'm Catholic over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and then to me like uh, Cyclops I'm Catholic is just it's not Gene. Yes. <laughs> like, I think I think both of them work very very well. It, it is the <clears throat> Daredevil does have a lot of like just uh, Daredevil versus Assassin contest to see who's the most Catholic. <laughs> uh, in that show i'm only like four or five episodes in the second season i haven't uh have not kept watching it but uh, uh just because i haven't had I, I time watching it with somebody and they haven't been around to uh, to watch it with me but the um that is a big theme christ gary I'll, I'll come to portland if that's what it's gonna fucking take <laughs> jesus I, I this is the fifth time you've mentioned it <laughs> i know ninjas are gonna show up and it bums me out the because uh, like i'm into the 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 assassin stuff but i do not like the uh i don't like the hand very much I don't, um, we had this, oh, this is total diversion, but like we, we had this conversation the other day in Slack and someone said, well, you know, like as a big Daredevil fan, if it's not the hand, like, I don't understand who it is. I'm like, well, if you can't think of something to make a shadowy organization interesting, like you shouldn't be writing fucking TV shows. Like yeah. just don't make them ninjas. Like you literally, the world is your oyster. <laughs> make them like cyborgs from the future. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Just about, I, uh, I, I just end up, I find Daredevil versus ninjas pretty boring. Yep. Like same yeah so hey, before we get to the the final episode we should do our, our character spotlight we should and I, I think we've we pretty much decided it has to be gambit since he's like just the central figure of these three episodes it seems like yeah if it wasn't going to be him here, it would be when they we actually do his origin story in mm-hmm. the future. But it is a good time as any to talk about Gambit. And Let's go ahead and pull that bandaid because yes. I don't want to. I don't want to do this later. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we've already uh, talked a lot about Gambit. Um, you know, I have my like my my dark history of of really liking him uh, before I understood like you know what what it meant to be skeezy. Uh, but yeah, Gambit. Um, I think, so Gambit, I think I talked about this before, so forgive me if this is repeating, but I think a lot of my initial appeal uh, or uh, uh, attraction to Gambit um, had to do with the fact that his power is really interesting. Yep. Like, it's not just, like, strong and fly, you know? It's a weird, like, kind of, like, you have to be kind of interesting to use it. It's indirect. You know, he doesn't shoot a beam. He has to have this, like, this medium that kind of goes through it. 
And, and it's uh, interactive. Like that's what I liked about it is like you had to use the thing. Like he you you he had to like it worked on stuff. So it, like it always would work weird. Like he would like do something with a book and then someone would close the book and it would blow up in their face. Like yeah. that kind of stuff. Like I really liked the weird stuff that happened. It wasn't just eye beams. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think that that's a, a big part of his his appeal. And he, uh, but everything else has aged really terribly for him. Like other than his literal like power set, like his, his uniform is ridiculous. The, all of like the kind of dark loner stuff, like he vacillates between like dark loner and like, uh, carefree, you know, rogue character back and forth. And neither of them are that appealing to me anymore. Like it just, it doesn't, there's not that much that that's cool and works. Uh, for him, for me, at the very least. But when I was young, I, I like there was a solo series. There's a uh, Gambit and Ghost Rider series about them going and and fighting the Brood in uh, New Orleans. That Which I gets up when referenced I was in in this in this next episode we're about to do because you yeah. actually see like a Ghost Rider. I had forgotten about that, and I think it's in the notes as me like, what the fuck is Ghost Rider doing here? It's called a uh, Brood Trouble in the Big Easy. <laughs> That's oh the name God. of the comic. <laughs> Do you think that's the sequel to Brood Trouble, Little China? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Brood is not a does not make a humor substitute for Big. Uh, it doesn't or, or rhyme. Or, or, that <laughs> doesn't classic sound? Tom Hanks movie, Brood. Brood. <laughs> Man, and then it's just Tom Hanks on a big pile of eggs, like he's laid. <laughs> just making it look like a million little Colin Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm inoffensive. They say in unison. Um, yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> Let me direct your documentary. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Gambit. Gambit. Uh, yeah, I don't really have um, a whole lot to say. Uh, I was trying to think of like any newer references, and um, like I think the latest thing I read with Gambit and it was involved with the uh, Secret War stuff that happened this summer or last summer, maybe. Is there and, a planet uh, Gambit? Does he get his own like Secret War? He or? does not get a planet. Uh, he does not get a planet. He's like a um, like a uh, art thief or something. I think like or some okay. shit like or maybe he's like an art mastermind where all the art thieves take all of the stolen art. I sure. Don't know. But um, all I remember is Kitty Pride. That's where Kitty Pride and uh, what's his name from Guardians of the Galaxy hook up, and they're they're like in a relationship or some shit now. So. Okay. And Weird. I'm I'm kind of they they seem very cute together, but I'm very anti that. You're anti shipping <laughs> them. I don't I don't ship them, dude. The uh, one of the reasons why Gambit is kind of spoiled, and this, we're gonna run into this if we get to his highlight episode, is that um, he's tied into the the externals, and the external externals are a fucking mess. Like they are one of the least sensible con concepts in X Men history. <laughs> Which is an impressive thing. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, in a very confusing mythology, the externals might be the most confusing thing. Like, they're immortal, but they're also, they have to give, like, a gift to, or, like, that's that's how the, the thieves, they can share their power. Because that's how Gambit's thieves get uh, get favor and get power is by giving a box to the externals. It's a really weird episode. And uh, it, I'm looking forward to that, at the very least, just because it is fucking ridiculous. Um I think yeah. everything about Gambit and was, was Gambit a Claremont character? Is that where he gets like the, cause you know, Claremont's kind of famous for his weird dialects in these comics is, was he created by Claremont? I don't yeah. really know his origin. Yeah. yeah okay. he, he came out during that time. So he is, ooh, he's like boy. a late, he's a late eighties, like mid late eighties character um, who showed up uh, as just like, he had connections to storm and was like a thief. Um, and then eventually joined the X-Men. I, you know, growing up in Louisiana, that like I always like this was like the superhero. Like it was either this or Swamp Thing, yeah. and, like, <laughs> <laughs> or Man Thing. <laughs> yeah, you got to have your giant man thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mean, he was purple outfit, like mm-hmm. helmet. 
he carried a staff or a bow because I was real big into the turtles back then. Like, I mean, I was into that shit and I, man, I look back now and I just cringe. Like I told someone today that I used to like the movie, the crow a whole lot when I was <laughs> yeah. a teenager and it feels exactly the same way. Like I want to hide my crow DVD and I want to hide like my gambit comic books in the same little box in the closet. He, he is very much like a walking crow DVD of like a person. <laughs> and like, if they ever make that gambit movie, it's going to be a fucking disaster. Oh my God. Like how are they, they going to make that work? He's shown up in one of the movies, right? Like he's, he's in, he had he's like in a Wolverine little, Origins. That's what it is. Like yeah. along with that crappy Deadpool and all that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. the the crappy yeah. Blob and like. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. a terrible movie. God, it's um, a terrible movie. Let's watch it. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. Like if um, I haven't seen it in a really long time, and uh, I'm probably about due for a rewatch, at the very least, because I, I watched Deadpool and, and kind of liked it, so I want to see the uh, shitty garbage the shitty version. Before, yeah. yeah. What is it that compels? Because I have that same thing where I'm like, oh, well, a new X-Men movie's coming out. I need to go ahead and make myself watch the shitty X-Men movies that came before it. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. That's not a way to get excited about something. I think, um, and not everybody has this, but I uh, I have this, where, like, um, I have this weird urge as I get older to do more kind of review. Like, I live in a perpetual state of wanting to replay all of the Resident Evils. Okay. For, for no reason. I, and I could do this. I could make it happen. All of them together is probably like 50 hours. It's not a big deal. 50 or 60 hours at the, on the way. That's way more than it probably is actually. But I have this weird urge to just kind of review even the ones I don't like. It's like, Oh, I only did that once. I wonder if uh, I want to remind myself to feel the same thing again. Not like that makes it sound really dark. Like I don't feel other things in the interim, but as I get old, like there's that, that familiarity is just really important in a weird way. So like, yeah, I would watch that, that X-Men movie I've already seen. I want to watch familiar things. It's uh it's not the best urge and I don't know if it's universal but it's something I have as I get as I approach my my uh late mid 30s as opposed yeah, to my I, regular mids. I had to catch myself from uh the new Fantastic 4 reboot that they did. Mm-hmm. I had to catch myself like, well, I need to go watch those other two movies first. And yeah. like, they they're not even they're not even the same fucking like what are you doing? <laughs> and they're excruciating. By like, the way, have you seen have you seen that new Fantastic 4 movie? No, I I heard it's really bad but I've not seen it. There's a young, there's a scene where young Reed Richards creates a transportation device or whatever, like some interdimensionary blah, 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 out of a rack of Nintendo 64s. (laughs) 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 I might have to see that. (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty into that. Um, uh, yeah, it's very bad. <clears throat> Anywho. So, that, so that's Gambit. Yeah, that's Gambit. <laughs> so, he's the rack of Nintendo 64s of thieves. These are the tales of thieves. Um, so, so moving on to the, the season finale, uh, number 13, XM 113, The Final Decision. Uh, original air date, March 27th, 1993. Magneto brings Senator Kelly to a sunken ship to kill him in hopes that a war between the mutants and humans will begin as a result. But when the Sentinels locate the senator, they abduct him and bring him to Master Mold, who has begun the, to initiate a plan to replace all the minds of world leaders <laughs> with computer chips. Uh, <laughs> like, I know, it's, it's so good. Um, man, the scene... Because well, we're going to get to it, but like, uh, the, so the X-Men race to save uh, the Senator, who eventually realizes that not all mutants are dangerous. Um, so yeah, th- yeah th- there, are, there are so many, there are so like equal parts, like just amazing, stupid things and cool things that happen in this episode. I think it is actually one of the stronger episodes in the series and the action works in yeah. this episode, which mm-hmm. doesn't always happen in the show. 
and uh, I really like the the we'll get to it, but like the way that they split up the team, I think is really really nice. Like yeah, they, we're in pairs, and some and some people have like two or three people, two or three X Men with them. Like it, like it works. Like the, yeah. the battle on various fronts really works for me in this episode. And it's a really organic uh, way to present Magneto teaming up with the X Men, and whenever that happens, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of good things, but there is just so there's a lot of the, the, replace their brains with the computer chips and like. We're going to get to it. I'm just going to say it twice. I'm going to say it now because I can't hold it in. Uh, <laughs> the scene where uh, Trask yes. is going to do that, yes. like, he's just like, it was going to happen. <laughs> like, if like if Gene and, and Psychoff showed up a little bit late, like, he was about to do surgery on him. He's like, yeah. well, okay, I guess I gotta. I guess I gotta. <laughs> the, the giant robot told me to. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so, so we open X-Men are watching the news and they find out, uh, you know, Kelly has been kidnapped. Just reminding the, the viewer. And, and stuff. And then we uh, we switch to switch to Magneto. Yeah, and Magneto has gotten Kelly in like this, like, it's a ship graveyard. Like, I put it in the notes that it was from Uncharted 3 before I realized mm-hmm. I actually said the word ship graveyard in the description. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he kind of lays out his whole spiel here, which is like typical, like, Magneto stuff. I don't even know why we're doing this at this point, except we haven't seen Magneto in a minute. So we, we need to get, like, a refresher. It's kind of, um, I think it's kind of good, though. Like, I, I kind of like his dialogue here where he's just like, hey, I actually agree with you. Like, mutants and humans can't live apart. But right now we're very powerful and you are not, you know, like I actually kind of like that as a, uh, a statement. And this is also, he brings up his, his past with the concentration camps in world war two and stuff. Yeah. Um, here. So this is, I think this is a good presentation of Magneto, uh, but the Sentinels show up and these are plastic Sentinels. So, so Magneto can't do anything. He gets knocked down, but then he's like, Hey, this whole ship is my weapon. Like, cause Magneto isn't anything to fuck with. Like Magneto is still amazing. Yeah, Magneto uh, sits around in like a metal building and just like tries to figure out weird ways to kill people with metal I, shit. I love it. Which is always just yeah. throwing the metal thing at them. Yeah, uh, but I mean, what if he can't lift it? Like he has, sometimes he has to practice throwing metal stuff at each other. You know true. what I'm saying? He's really good at it. His aim is good. Um, you know, but the, the Sentinels get away with uh, with Kelly. Mm-hmm. So. And there's there's a big fight. Actually, this is pretty cool. Like, there's a scene where he pulls out all the bolts to one of the you know pieces of metal and like shreds one of the Sentinels. Yeah. Like all that stuff looks super cool. Like that's yep. that's all rad. Yeah. Um, the X-Men who have tracked Magneto down with who else, but our good friend, um, right. Cerebro. Yes. <laughs> who can, who can just a quick, Sentinels? just a quick side, side note here. If you know, Magneto is out there, you know, Magneto is a villain. You know, Cerebro can find Magneto. Why not just have like the find my iPhone beeping on that dude all the <laughs> fucking time? Like, why do you ever need, just look at the map? Nope. Magneto is right over there. He's in, he's in Chicago today. We, we got him on the thing. <laughs> <That's not over laughs> there. I think, it's, I think it's actually his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I don't know how Magneto sleeps because he had to wear that like all the time. And he does take I, it off later, but I think the helmet is actually the answer is it protects him from Cerebro, which well, it is does in the, in the movies, but like they don't ever, that none of that's ever had to happen in the cartoon yet. Like, and they, they use like Xavier even says like, Oh, I've got Cerebro. We're going to go find Magneto. Like, and they, go, and they yeah. go directly to the, uh, the ship graveyard. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's a X-Men comic show and, and movie thing, but just does not, the cartoon has not explained it. <laughs> yeah, you're you're just expected to know it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the X Men show up and start exploring, looking for uh, <laughs> looking for Magneto and Gambit has a great line here too, which I'm gonna let you you, you take care the, of because uh, it's me on me a Sentinel. Uh, <laughs> which Gambit, you sh- if you're speaking French, you should know that Sentinels are not your friends. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friend, the Sentinel, my, my friend, the Sentinel. Yeah, uh, uh, Wolverine has a good line here too, which is something like, "It takes a whole Sentinel to scare most people." 
oh, you know, most people get scared at a whole Sentinel, not as yeah, a half. Like yeah, oh, Wolverine dude. is is wildly uh, inconsistent in these episodes too. He's kind of badass now. Um, yeah, and, despite w- idiot Wolverine from the last two episodes. Wolverine is that girl that said that she would go to prom with me and then immediately said no and then wrote me a note saying that she kind of liked me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm getting that vibe off of Wolverine. Um, so they, they find, find Magneto. He's all bloodied up um, and, and he's, been, he's been tore up, but he's, uh, so he gets bandaged and everything. Um, the, uh, so the, the Sentinels bring uh, Magneto back to the... Uh, the oh, uh, no, or no, no. Kelly, sorry. Kelly. The, yeah, yeah, yeah my, my bad. The Sentinels bring Kelly back to the Sentinel base. Uh, where we are introduced to Master Mold, who is the gigantic uh, Sentinel, who just like births out baby Sentinels uh, out of his or her chest. And, uh, you know, uh, Trask is like, Sentinel, bring Kelly back to Washington. And he says, no. And he's, eh, this is defective. And the Master Mold <laughs> says, he's not detective. Trask, remove Senator Kelly's brain and replace it with a computer. <laughs> no additional detail or anything. Like, like that nope. is a surgery that can happen. Sure, like everyone yeah. is, is acting like that's a, a common, like that's getting a vasectomy or something. It's an outpatient thing. You do it at zoom care as opposed to being a medical miracle that it actually would be. And this brings up this whole montage where you see uh, the Sentinels like kidnapping world leaders by basically just busting through their, like whatever <laughs> yeah. building they're in, grabbing them literally like in the Sentinel hand and flying away. I guess that the goal here is to replace their mind with the computer so that they would, conceivably obey master mold and master mold could but like you don't think these people are going to go back and be like oh hey i'm back and they're like yeah. what happened to the fucking sentinel man yeah, like why is oh, your head no. shaved what's, what's up with I, that scar I, I am fine yeah like, what, are you, what are you doing you're a robot now i am not a robot you're yes. a fucking robot yes uh, master mold is is one of the dumbest villains of of like the entire x-men canon and that's saying a lot because they have a lot of like super super dumb villains master mold's plan makes no sense no, not none whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 pretty stupid. So we get back to I guess the X Mansion and uh, that uh, yeah, Xavier de- Xavier decides to like okay, we're gonna scan Gambit's mind now and like and the reason being is he was on Genosha and they they'd seen similar technology or like the guy Trask was on Genosha, so they need to find Trask and get like yeah. they're like so they scan Gambit's mind to find this out, and uh, here's where we get the little uh, we get Gambit's wife uh, shows up. The, the yep. lady with the cornrows. Um, and then uh, Ghost Rider shows up. And eventually they they uh, they figure it out. They get to the spot. Yeah, they see Gyrick's face. It's, yeah, it wasn't yeah, Trask yeah. at this point. So they track oh, down yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gyrick, who is working with Trask. And like, man, the fucking characters in this episode. Like, we're just all over the place at this point. Because I guess they I'm, go... They're in Maine at this point. They find Gyrick back in Washington and then go back to Washington to track Gyrick down. Yeah, it is it is hard to keep humans straight. Like without yeah. the, like we make fun of the costumes and power thing a little bit, but just having three men in suits makes this a way harder episode to follow. <laughs> yeah, say what you want. Like a, yeah. the bright yellow spandex does help identify somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I like this because like they say like oh we're gonna we're gonna try to capture him to interrogate him, and the first thing Storm does is literally just ice up yeah, the roads and run car. him directly into a fucking tree. Like Storm, I know you lived in Egypt, but I'm pretty sure y'all had cars there. Like. <laughs> This, these things are dangerous. Well, and there's also like an assassin too that is going to kill him. The guy comes out with the gun, right? Is he going to kill Gyrick or is he trying to defend Gyrick from the X Men? Oh, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was like the driver, like a bodyguard, AKA, like, the, like a bodyguard okay. that was like shooting at the X Men. I might, I might have missed that. That like there's some layers. There's here a part that I might, where I might he, like missed. really seems like he's pointing a gun at Gyrick, and I thought maybe they were trying to protect him, like 
but it's 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 a little bit confusing. So Gyrick runs off because uh, the driver makes a distraction and goes to the Lincoln Memorial where Wolverine <laughs> is being like lap held, like yeah. lap cuddled by Abe Lincoln. Which like, come on, that's that's good. Wolverine is a hey, I know where I'm going to go post up in yeah. Lincoln's lap. <laughs> Nobody will ever see my stealthy ass over there in the Lincoln lap. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that makes me. I used to one of the first uh, when I collected these uh, these toys. Uh, Wolverine was one of the first ones I got, and it really makes me wish that I had a little Lincoln Memorial toy so I could just recreate the scene. <laughs> that would be awesome. Emancipators. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So so Gyrick lets them know like, hey, no, there are thousands of Sentinels. Like without funding, despite the fact that the program was cut off, we've just been doing this with billions of dollars that we had nested away. Well, they saved a lot of money when they switched to plastic. That's probably that's actually probably true. Like they are probably yeah. cheaper Sentinels. Yeah, um, yeah. So Z- which explains later why the X Men can just like you know f- fuck them up so bad. Right? I, I don't know. Like, like this is explain why they've always been able to do that. Like, <laughs> no, well, true. <laughs> yeah. um, so Xavier is like, hey, we have to go rescue Kelly, and Magneto, who's still kind of hurt, says like, hey, like, is this even worth it? Like you've seen what happens. They have made these thousands of death robots. Do you want to do this? And uh, the team kind of goes one by one whether they want to do it, you know? Um, and they, they decide they, they're going to help out Xavier. Yeah. Jubilee gets, like, a whole speech here of, like, well, of course I'm going to help him. He helped me and all this stuff. Like, and uh, it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> this fucking show, man. Like, why would you take the time to do this and not, like... I, I don't know. I just yeah. I can't even... Uh. Yeah. So, so Magneto's like, ah, oh, the brave are the first ones to die. And then we get this really long, like, really competent action scene where the X-Men attack the Sentinel base. Um, and this is really cool. There's a lot of cool shit that happens here. Um, not not most of which, not the coolest of which, is the first time we get introduced to the Sentinel being fought, uh, Gambit is throwing a charge card down, and all the Sentinels look down and go, What is that object? It appears to be the Ace of Spades. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that they took time out of programming the Sentinels to hate mutants to also identify cars. Individuals, right? Like, what is that car? It appears yeah. to be the Dark Ritual. You just picture Trask, like, revised. holding up an ace of spades. And it's like, that's a queen of hearts. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah, the Sentinel is defective. <laughs> Wrong. Put a computer in your brain. Stop saying that. Um, so this causes all of the Sentinels that are at the bottom of this elevator shaft, for whatever reason, to, to fly upwards and... Um, there's a cool moment here where you can see the Sentinels flying up, and then you look to the side, and you see Cyclops, Gene, Wolverine, and Gambit just kind of hanging back. Yeah. And then, of course, Sentinels fly up, Rogue and Storm engage, along with Jubilee, who actually does a little damage here, which is kind of nice to see. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, like, that, they're, again, going back to that team dividing thing, like, that's, that's some good stuff for me. <clears throat> they're actually doing, like, tactics, which yeah, is unusual for absolutely. these guys. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like, if you, if you looked at the first episode where they don't, they're not very competent in this episode where they're more competent. I would say they learn something, even though we never get to see them learn anything. It is just like a flip, a switch being flipped on. Like now they are, they're using comp- like tactics and are competent. Well, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't mention this, but Xavier has actually like when Xavier kind of led the team into the field, he's flying around on the blackbird, fucking some sentinels up. Yeah. Um, do you think that they're acting more competent because uh, Xavier is just literally mind controlling all yeah. of them right now? <laughs> he's just doing, doing the chess game. Yeah, yeah. Figures. yeah, man. Exactly. He's just smashing them all together. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you know, we get the rest of these fights. They, they split in. Uh, Rogue gets uh, kind of smushed between some things. Um, Storm gets shot. So they're kind of taking losses and uh, taking victories. Um, and Xavier is going to get shot down in, in the uh, the jet, but Magneto saves him. And it's like, you wouldn't think 
I'd let you die without me, would you? Um, so I, I love it when uh, Magneto teams up with the X-Men. Um, always, always a good time. And then we get to this, uh, this scene that I think is really stylish if it's nonsensible. <laughs> Uh, where Wolverine and Gambit, who are the stealth team, uh, run into a bunch of Sentinels, and Wolverine decides to take them on solo for no particular reason. Um, and we get this very stylish, like the lights are going on and off slowly. Like So we only get to see like individual little frames of the fight, or little snippets, which is really cool if there was a reason the lights were going on and off. Well, uh, I can't... Man, I'm I'm blown away that you say that this is really cool, because you, the, you times like... you, the times you can see Wolverine when the lights are on... It looks like one of those uh, one of those scenes out of an old western where like the asshole takes the gun and starts shooting at the, at the like the dumbass's feet to make him dance. Like Wolverine's like hopping around like a fucking idiot during this whole thing. I I just like I like it because it is uh, it's not particularly like great action choreography. I just think it's kind of stylish judging on the cartoon curve. Okay, right? Like I can imagine like what would be a good version of this uh, showing him, you know kind of jumping around being agile, like what an actual fight would look like if it wasn't just, you know, what really happens when Wolverine fights a Sentinel is he slashes his leg once and the Sentinel dies. If you he know? had just made one flip, but yeah. instead, instead he's just bunny hopping over the place. Like he's playing fucking quake three. Like <laughs> <laughs> he does quake three a whole bunch. Um, and I just don't, I don't know why the lights are going on and off. It's really weird. Also like there's a, there's a, this whole thing is a little weird because like, Wolverine says, Gambit, go away. I'm going to, you, you do something else. And then there's this whole thing where Wolverine fights the Sentinels and then Gambit just walks back in and starts hitting the Sentinels as well. I'm like, what, what were you doing? Like, it it doesn't have the dramatic weight that maybe uh, they think it should. Um, The, uh, so, so we cut back to, to, uh, to Trask who is about to do the surgery. Absolutely. Uh, God, do I love that? Like he set him up on a little tape, a little gurney. Like he's got his tools out. He's like, well, gonna gonna replace his, his brain with the computer. Let's do it. But he yeah. leaves the suit on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he, he's, he's still in the, the yeah. yeah. Kelly's still in the three piece. Yeah. Uh, there's no time. There's. I mean, so uh, they're like, why are you doing this, Master Mold? And Master Mold says, uh, you know, uh, you told us I was designed to protect humans. Mutants are humans, so I have to protect humans from themselves, which is kind of cool. And then uh, Trask goes. Oh, oh, you know, like it has yeah, a really we, huge gasp reaction. <laughs> um, yeah, Trask is just blown away that these evil robots have, uh, like, have turned on him. Yes. Which, I mean, like, I know it's the early 90s and there haven't been a lot of evil robot movies, but, like, I don't know, Terminator's out. Yeah, like, have you seen Terminator? <laughs> <laughs> I know he has because, um, I, I, we didn't mention this, but Wolverine kept calling Bishop Terminator <laughs> in the first episode. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they know, they're familiar with the Terminator mythology. Yeah. Um, so uh, they're about to do this. The the X Men show up, and this is. I'm glad you called this out as good because I thought this was going to be a light situation where I liked it and you didn't. Because uh, they were like, he's like, destroy them, or, or something like that. And Master Mold says, I do not have to destroy because I do not fear, which is like maybe the best line of dialogue in this show. Yeah, somebody was was smoking that serious ganja weed. Yeah, so somebody was somebody's <laughs> on for that. Um, I love this too because while they're talking and talking about their plan, Gene starts floating Senator Kelly out. Like just, <laughs> yeah. and then drops him in the hallway. Like just drops him on the ground for no particular reason. Um, and then we cut to Sight getting hit, and then Gene has dragged him halfway down the tunnel. Yeah, like the none of this, is really none of this weird. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nobody's on their marks. Um, yeah. except except for Cyclops, who in between that just yelled, "It's not Gene" a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. So we get back to the fight. Uh, everybody's doing pretty good. 
um, you know, as they uh, they're fighting. And Cyclops, uh, they're getting, they're about to make it out. And Cyclops says, "Hey, I'm going back for Wolverine and Gambit. Nobody gets left behind." Which would have been fine, but then he goes, "This time, this like, time, oh, God damn it." Um, <laughs> we know, uh, but it's actually going to tie into the beginning of the next season, which is uh, you know, reminding us of of Morph is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so they make it. Uh, Cyclops is a real dick. Uh, Wolverine, you coming or is it your day off? Yeah, fucking killing Sentinels. Yeah, uh, dude, I, I am standing shirtless on a pile of dead Sentinels. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do you want from me, Cyclops? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Gambit shows up. Rogue gives him a bunch of, like, hugs and, and loving. Gives him a good Yeah, smug. which is, I mean, I know they've been setting this up, but, like, it, it's just, and I know this is just, like, uh, you know, 2016, Jeremy, looking back on this and, like, with <laughs> modern sensibilities, but, like, why why is she attracted to him? like there's no reason he has not done anything remotely worth a shit in this entire series and she's like oh i love i'm just glad that you're okay i hate you like it's one it's yeah. like it's like the last time the writers had any kind of romance was like on the playground in second grade <laughs> it's possible you know what i'm he's saying just, he's just handsome like yes, maybe but, like we don't get it because they're they're drawings and stuff but maybe she just like because that happens like you'll you'll you know like you, you can go on a like somebody can just be super attractive and you put up with some some bullshit because it's like, man, that she's person's real she's hot. hot. Yeah, yeah. You know, so <laughs> maybe that's just going on. He's just he's just real hot. <laughs> yeah, know? he's a fucking idiot, but you know he's yeah. got abs. He's, he's a he's a he's a creep and he's an idiot, but he just he just does it for me. Like he's, his uh, pheromone game is strong. You know, <laughs> like, it's fair. you know what? If anybody would actually have working pheromones, it's gonna be fucking Gambit. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. piece of shit garbage person. Yeah. <laughs> he does, he doesn't use deodorant. He just kind of rubs a, a handful oh, then, of fucking Cajun spice in his armpit and then goes to town. <laughs> making making, making, making Zatarans in his armpit pubes like <laughs> after he does it he just looks at the mirror and goes BAM yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um So uh so so this is all happening. We kinda think it's alright, but Master Mold comes out of the mountain. Xavier is driving a black bird that is full of TNT. Uh just the X terrorist circle is complete now. Literally he's he's <laughs> Like he turned the blackbird into fucking. The, he's uh, got a nine eleven master mold. He's got a nine eleven master mold. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. Yeah, like, he's literally going to nine eleven master mold. Um, oh, and fuck. like, and that happens in this this cartoon. Like it is, it is Xavier uh, loads their plane full of dynamite and blows into a giant robot. It's great. Um, and that, that kills Master Mold, the dumbest villain in X-Men history. Uh, I love this meetup, too, because he Xavier ejects himself from the plane at the last minute, is floating down without his like little floating chair, which yeah. if you, if you got to float down from the air, like get your floating chair, don't use the parachute, whatever. Yeah. And then uh, Magneto rolls up and like just has a conversation. I, I want to say that Magneto like lowers himself as Xavier is falling, too, like, yeah. so they can stay on the same. Yep. <laughs> what a dick uh, move, Magneto, man. What are yeah, you doing? It is, it is super... Oh. Super yeah. <sighs> okay, so so we're into the epilogue now, more or less. Yep. Um, Senator Kelly is saying like, "Hey, some mutants are right because they saved his life. That's good." Uh, Beast gets out of prison. All right, so look forward to more Beast next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, Cyclops proposes the gene. Yeah, and she says, "Cyclops, like, I, of course <laughs> I'll marry you." And I'm like, "The man's name is Scott. Like, yeah, she, why don't you call him? You're not in the fucking field anymore." She, she's not marrying Scott. She's marrying Cyclops. She's apparently well. That's gonna be like the little black bug room he's gonna have to deal with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, she she thinks that's hot. Did you ever read um, the Ultimates? Uh, like the Ultimate series? Yeah, like the, the Ultimate yeah. X Men. No, no, no. It was just called the Ultimates. It's the version of that for the Avengers. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Um, um, I like that comic. 
And yeah. I like there's they do some weird shit like that. I love the uh the second season of it when um Ant Man and is uh down on his luck and shit and like he ends up picking up a girl and she like makes him wear the costume and then like has him wear a cast Captain America costume. Yeah. Or Captain yeah. America costume. Yeah. Like I really like the way that it deals with that weird you know, I mean, it deals with it. Like, it makes it sound like it's a serious exploration. But I just like that idea of, like, this is going to be a thing that is going to turn on people, you know, probably. Yeah. And uh, that being really demoralizing. Powers know, like, does that really well as well. Yeah. Like, they, they, get, into, they get into some nitty-gritty on that stuff. And uh, Oh, and by the way, if you want to experience Powers, definitely don't watch the TV show available I, I, only on your Sony PS Plus <laughs> membership. That, that's what that's not a good plan. I, I read, like, the first, like four arcs of powers and liked it, but mm-hmm. not enough to keep up with it. Yeah. So like, it's it, right. it was good. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, ah, I can, I can, I don't desire this. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's good. Um, anywho. So we, uh, they're having a picnic and then we, we zoom out to get what our second season, uh, issue is going to be because Mr. Sinister is watching them. Yep. And, uh, and he, dun, dun, dun. Yep. Sinister knows what your future holds. And then that's going to be season two. At least it's going to start with, uh, Mr. Sinister. Oh. Yeah, um, and I really thought that the next few episodes were actually part of season one. And I think that's because the DVD order and the aired order are a little weird. So, like, in my season one DVDs, I actually have, like, the next three episodes, which is, I think is kind of strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're going by aired order, which is, like, on this, ex- we've been reading the descriptions from. So that's the reason, like, if you have the DVDs at home, which, why do you have the DVDs at home? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't buy the DVDs. It is very um, weird if it, it did end with, three episodes because you get the two episodes about Mr. Sinister and then you mm-hmm. get this weird one-off with the shadow King as your season yeah. finale, which like, so the people we have to look forward to is Mr. Sinister, shadow King, uh, Omega red alpha flight, which is cool. Yep. Um, that gambit episode, uh, and then a long section about cable and Bishop meeting, um, to, to do future shit. Uh, a little bit more row backstory. Um, Mojo shows up, which is really Excellent. cool. And then uh, Mr. Sinister, the same way they do these seasons where they kind of book on them, Mr. Sinister is also the villain in the end. Yeah. So, yeah. Good stuff. I'm looking forward to season two. I uh, I have the DVDs. I haven't watched much of season two since I was a kid. So, yeah. like, none of none of these are as fresh in my mind as uh, season one has been. I think season, uh, season two is the last one I watched, like, when I was a, a young kid. And the rest of mm-hmm. them, I kind of... I watched the whole series at some point. I'm sure there are individual episodes I missed, but... Um, it is the last one I watched when I was appropriate to watch them. I didn't watch them later. You know, I just remember picking up individual episodes from, from later. I didn't watch them in order. So, uh, I'm looking forward to the season two as well. Cause I think you could probably make the argument that the, like the last really good season, um, when they're still kind of doing like classic X-Men storylines and stuff. And it's before they start repeating anything and before, you know, they start doing real weird shit. Um, and there's still some cool stuff like the, the Phoenix stuff that they do is pretty neat. Uh, which takes up almost all of season three, which is fine. Like that's yeah. that's that's an arc that should take up an entire season yeah. in my mind. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty. It's, st- it's pretty good actually. Like if I remember, and so. we still haven't gotten to Table Man yet. No, we we have not gotten to the the very Morlock Christmas, and um, um, that actually got brought up in Slack the other day. Oh, <laughs> we table were talking. Boy? Yeah, yeah. Um, somebody uh, some, somebody was talking about like they tried to watch the first couple episodes and was like, yeah, that does not hold up. And I'm like, well. And I th- think they specifically called out, like, yeah, that more like Christmas show was not any good. And I'm like, well, don't let Gary hear you say, say that. <laughs> yeah. And I then Cole chimed, in, Slack. <laughs> Cole chimed in with, like, yeah, Table Boy is his favorite character. <laughs> and I was like, god damn. How often does Gary talk about this dude? <laughs> I, I do bring up Table Boy uh, 
pretty 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 frequently. T- Table Boy is not going anywhere. Uh, Table Boy is part of part of my history, your history, and Slack. And if you're listening to this and you want to get rid of Table Boy, uh, look to your own. You know, you're gonna get we're gonna get rid of you before we get rid of Table Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the uh, Table Boy lives. Um, yeah. So that's the first season. What do you what do you what do you got? What are your, what are your wrap up thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I I probably have watched this series since since the moment you and I started talking about this, and uh, the first moment that we actually kind of started seriously talking about, it, like, hey, we're definitely going to do this. It's just going to be a matter of time. I've probably watched all of these episodes two or three times now. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm an insane person, uh, and nobody should ever do that. <laughs> uh, but I I can't help but being I can't help but be very positive on this. Like I came out of it like it's dumb, but it's it's so it's so much like the comics that they were trying to emulate at the time. Like I can't fault them for it. Like, I mean, like it was, it's a low budget. So like, you can't really like, it's fun to make fun of the voice acting, but like, it's what they had at the time. And Mm -hmm. like the stories are all like, they're being slavish to the source material. And I I kind of like wish that stuff would happen now. Like it's now it's so kind of far off that you don't even really care about it anymore. But I kind of, I'm kind of positive on this. I like it. I like it too. Like it is fun to watch. I, it is, it would be really hard for me to watch it in a way that like, if I couldn't make fun of it, you know, like if, if it couldn't exist where it is silly, uh, and worthy of, of giving shit and also is good, then I would not be able to watch it. You know, like if, if I was like, if I had to switch into one or the other, if it was just to make fun of, it's not bad enough to just make fun of. If it was just to take it seriously, it's not quite good enough to just take seriously Mm -hmm. without acknowledging anything that is, fucking dumb about it mm-hmm. but it hits that like line of something that is like is worth like is, is is that middle middle ground that i really love i love things that are dumb uh and cheerfully dumb and that i there's room for both like it is room i can love this and think it is super stupid yep and that and that's think- where it's at I, and I, you know, the things in that like that in your life that you can you can like despite all of its flaws, I think are almost better than the things you just like. It, like you know, there's something more meaningful to it. That it's definitely it's definitely rarer, um, you know, and and that is a you because know, it's not even like liking it's not even like a trauma movie where it's like oh it's so bad it's good, it's not even that it's just like cheerfully dumb in a way that only children's entertainment can be. Like we just recorded and released the. Um, brawler episode of watch out for fireballs i was talking about ninja turtles and like that's how i feel about ninja turtles too where they're just they're i like it because it is so audaciously dumb you know like they're they're idiots like they're 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 stupid stupid characters but it is a fun like you're not meant to take it seriously it's just like oh okay like that's happening now great like oh replace all the world's leaders minds with the computer oh we're gonna actually do that great you know you just have to kind of like let your mind go and go along with it um yeah why do you even have a scalpel when you're making robots? I didn't say that during the main episode, but like, why do you even have like an operating theater that he, you're he, obviously not going to use? He was out of a, uh, out of a uh, flathead screwdriver. Yeah. So I guess. To... Hand me my scalpel and my, yeah. Anyway, uh... the, um, something I thought of too, and I meant to brought this up, bring this up last time. So this is way back from episode two of this podcast. Uh, but when Klasa shows up, and I'm just putting this here because there's no other place to put it. Uh, Juggernaut says something about recycling him. And I neglected to go on this tangent, but like, that's a really dark <laughs> idea. Like that, that's really scary. The idea that you could like mulch, mulch Colossus and make other metal things out of him. I don't oh know why God. that is scarier than just like mulching a person, but like that, that's spooky. 
what do you think happens at the recycling plant, Gary? I'm like, what do you, you're like a Republican with the bathroom. Like, what do you think happens in there? It's not that bad. People are just recycling stuff. Yeah, they're, they're mulching people. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, one of the things that I, I think that I ended up coming out of this with the most is really just like the crazy variety and weird music that they have put into all this. Yeah. Like, even if it comes in that totally horrible, like there's some pieces in here and I, I know Gary, you've remixed a bunch of this stuff for the intro music and stuff that we're doing. And like some of them, it's just actually kind of good. Like they get like a little reggae thing happening. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a little nightlife tune, even when it comes out totally terrible, like with the Bishop stuff, like it's still worth like hearing and laughing at, like it's still worth something. Like it's, I don't know who they had doing the music on there, but I'd I'd love to find them and try to talk to them about how how they came up with this stuff. Or the, her, the music is surprisingly really good. Um, the music is good. The sound effects are good. There's a lot of like production value things. We talked about this in the very first episode that are actually like better than you would think. Yeah, you know, and goes a long way towards making the parts that I can buy, making me be able to buy them. Yep. So mm-hmm. good shit. Very um, good stuff. Yeah, hard to be like, you know, stop everything and watch it. You know, but if you if you if you like that, I mean, this this podcast probably serves as a good substitute for that. If you like the X Men, is worth dipping in. You know, I yeah, I'm not sure that you could really like if you have no affinity for the X Men whatsoever. Like, please don't go watch these. Sh- you're not yeah. going to make it. Like, just <laughs> listen to this podcast if you can get through that. Like, yeah. I mean, but that's <laughs> I mean, the show is it, it's going to really lean on your on your desire to love the X Men. And I've I've had people like tell me like, oh my god, I love the X Men. I love this show. It's so dumb, and I love it. Like, I can't wait. Like that kind of thing. Like I've heard that from people, so I know they're out there. Mm. But man, like if you're kind of on the fence about watching it, like watch the first one and just realize that's probably the best it's going to get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the best and the worst it's going to get. Like you can see, you can see it in the first 20 minutes. So, yep. 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 Um, yeah. And so that's the first season of this show. Yeah. That's um, it. That's going to yeah. wrap us up. Yeah. So, uh, you will hear this one way or another. It'll either be, uh, as part of a vanguard of new shows that we have for the network. And, uh, by the time you hear this, we probably will already have had, uh, plans for continuing it and have recorded them and the like, or you'll hear this as it trickles out as we fail to meet that goal. And then this just kind of becomes an artifact that is fun and good on its own. So in either way, you'll hear this at some point, either with a promise of more in the future or not. Yeah. Um, if you, you want to, if you uh, want to make a difference in that, you can go to patreoncom slash TV and vote with your pocketbook. Yep. And, uh, just a small donation goes a long way to helping Gary and Cole run their network and produce new podcasts like this. Or funny podcasts like Adaptation Decay, which is fucking hilarious. Oh, um, thank you. Uh, and all sorts of new shows that they have coming out. Um, and plus, just a couple of bucks gets you into the Slack, which we mentioned continuously throughout every episode. And I hear Gary and Cole doing it on all of their other episodes, too. Like, it's grown into kind of a huge community, man. Like, how many people are in there now? Do you know? Uh, I didn't, Like, last I checked, which was before this rush, so this is not accurate. But it was like 300 then. So it's wow. more than that now. Um quite a bit quite a bit more so um and it's a good place like i i it's harder with uh so there are 440 people um so the it is hard to keep up with everybody now as there are more people uh but i you know moderate things and check in on shit and uh nobody is a shithead so far like there are there's very very rare is anybody even approaching shitheadery um it is a really good community and there are a lot of really good conversations and it's still at that size where like you know, there are people you'll get to know, like regulars that, that will show up. And that's a fun place to be in an online community. 
So. Yeah, um, it's 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 really really fun. And if you're into Dark Souls at all, like the Dark Souls three channel has been some of the most astounding places for lore over the last week or so. Like the group in there coming up and mining that game for crazy lore theories has been amazing. It's been fun. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So uh, thanks everybody. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. This has been a, a lot of fun, and I'm I hope we get to do more. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Um, do we have a, I can't remember, do we have a sign off on this? We, our sign off is, do we have a sign off? Okay. Which I, I always edit out. So we never hear it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, where can, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? Oh yeah. Um, you can, uh, find me at Gary Bud, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H on Twitter. And you can find me at J.G. Greer. Yeah. And, uh, recommended, recommended follows. Absolutely. All Come around. argue with us about um, anything X-Men because I will. nobody's talked to me about X-Men on Twitter yet, and I can't wait for that to start happening. That so. is, yeah, that, that'll, <laughs> be, that'll be super fun because uh, I, will, I will talk about X-Men. Uh, I'll talk about anything. Just uh, hit me up. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell, uh, tell, just go to Twitter and tell Gary why you think the fan service in Dark Souls 3 is a really good idea. It, it, yeah, <laughs> better yet, uh, frame it in a really condescending way. Like, frame it in a way that implies <laughs> that I don't understand. Like, it's, it's not that I, I saw the same evidence and came to a different conclusion. It's that I don't get it. Yeah, and yeah. I just don't under, I couldn't possibly understand why they were doing it or what their goal was. Frame it like that. And that is a, that is a sure way to enter my heart. Um, yeah. So the, uh, I think that's about it. That's uh, it. Good night. Thank you, everybody. Good night.